0: So, yeah, it is who you know, and we're lucky to know some of the best in the world when it comes to this right. stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: And even being able to do the test and have the medical director program, mm-hmm. because that's another thing that um, that really solidified taking FDM for me, coming from, like you said, a business background. And I was like, how? I don't want to be a doctor. Like, I don't have that kind of time. I don't want to get into Western medicine. But the additional testing is, I think, really huge for mm-hmm. our community. And Being able to do that through the program, but having the mentors to help you through the testing. If, Like you said, we have 65 tests. We don't know them all. So if you get one you haven't done before, you have the backup and that someone's going to help you with that. Mm -hmm.
0: Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we're talking to my colleague, Shauna O'Neill. She is a certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition practitioner of about three years now, and I'm glad to bring you this interview because this is one of those people who shows you that you can go from a completely different job into doing this work And it can work out pretty darn well. Shauna is someone who has been in the accounting and IT space for over 30 years now. So why switch to FDN and the natural thing? Well, like so many of the women who get on this podcast, not exclusively, but a lot of them, not only did they have their own health symptoms, but their child had health symptoms. And when her daughter started getting these things, that's when... Really, things started to get heated up a little bit for Shauna. She started focusing on this a lot more. I always say there is nothing better than a mom in this space because moms will figure this stuff out. They could be dying and they will still try to figure out how to get their kids healthy. So do not mess with a mom on a mission, I always say. And thankfully... In a sense, because her daughter had these health issues and multiple surgeries, Shauna ended up figuring out some great answers for herself. And in addition, her daughter has actually been able to turn her health around completely and now helps other people with the health side of things, despite having this very troublesome childhood with health issues. So I love people that take their pain and turn it into a purpose. It's how I try to live my life, ideally, right? So a little bit more about Shauna. Not only has she done the accounting and IT thing for over 30 years, she did graduate from FDN three years ago, like I said. She's a PATH-certified therapeutic riding instructor, which is otherwise known as equine therapy. For 18 years, she's done this. Kind of crazy. Pretty cool. I feel like this is something that's just getting a lot more traction now. Um, I hope it's not equine therapy. I'm going to leave this in just for transparency to show you guys that I do mess up all the time and I re-record these things all the time. It's not just off the top of my head. (laughs) equine equestrian equine I think that makes sense so she's been doing this for 18 years and the point is not a lot of people are even really doing this now and I think it's cool that she's been doing it for that long you'll hear at the end of the podcast she is doing a fascinating mix of the equine equine therapy (laughs) uh, mixed with what we do at fdn She also graduated with a certificate in nutrition oncology from John Patrick University. So this is someone who is taking a lot of different things and combining them into one. And I'm sure just kind of getting the vibe from Shauna when we did the podcast together that she's never going to stop learning. But I'm excited to bring you guys this episode. Like I said, it's an episode from a real person, someone that's not out here with 100,000 followers, trying to you know promote a business or a big brand. It's someone that is trying to help people, sharing a story, and if you resonate with her, which you really might because she's highly relatable, then it's someone that you can reach out to. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hey, one more quick thing before we get started. If you happen to be listening to this podcast on Apple or Spotify, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Now, if it's your first time listening, I don't want you to leave the five-star review yet, Please listen to this episode, listen to a few more, and if you believe in what we're doing here, then leave the five-star review. If you're a regular listener, though, and you love the content and you've just never done it because we've never asked really in the beginning of the podcast, we normally ask at the very end, which, you know, most people are like kind of in a lull by then or they don't really listen to the end or maybe they clicked out, whatever it might be. We would greatly appreciate it. There are so many people out there who would love to know that these stories exist and love to know that this is possible. And they have no idea. And if you don't believe that, all you need to do is listen to about five to ten episodes on this podcast to hear stories of people who had no idea about the world of functional until something lucky happened to them where they happened to hear about this. I do not think people's entire health and lives, really, depending on how bad their health issues are, should be dictated by their luckiness. But unfortunately, right now it is. So a simple review is not us just trying to get money out of this or something like that. Clearly, we're doing fine regardless. It is to get these stories out to people who actually need to hear that. So that's not the company asking. That's me personally asking as someone who hosts this. So if you like what we're doing, please leave that review. Thank you guys so much. Here's the episode. All right. Welcome, Shauna. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to be talking to you. So Shauna is one of our FDN Thrive members. And if you don't know what that is. We'll touch on that later. (laughs) We have a whole episode dedicated to that, though. It's a pretty cool program. It's one I honestly wish was kind of around when I was first going through the course. I'd always wanted something like that. So I'm glad that they're doing that now. Um, But just like everyone else on this podcast, you have a health story. And I know um, when I was reading your bio, you came from a completely different industry. So I actually think that these are some of the best stories because it shows that people at any time when they want to, if they want to transition out of what they're doing to go follow this passion, uh, they can. Now, some people are only ever going to be clients and that's fine. We can't have everyone working as FDNs that has health issues. You know, <laughs> That would probably right. become a little oversaturated eventually. But plenty of people, they have such a profound experience with this type of work that you can't help but want to go do this in some way. So um, what, what's your, before we even get into the health symptoms, I'm just curious, just to be clear, what's your background? Like, What were you doing for most of your life?
1: Uh, most of my life I was doing accounting and it, um, help them now implement computer systems and mm-hmm. making the transition. Um, one of the big things I always had was everyone always said, you're an accountant. Like, really? Like you're not the typical accountant. I was like, no. <laughs> so I have a lot of more people skills probably than the traditional accountant, um, which is probably why I eventually am moving to this kind of work.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, th- you're absolutely right. There. I love, um, Well, it's a separate conversation, but I love like personality type stuff. And there's a a joke in one of the communities that every accountant's like the same type. And it's very introverted, very structured, you know, and yeah, not necessarily the most uh, socially capable uh, type, but very smart people nonetheless to be able to do that. And someone's got to do those things. So I'm sure
1: we can can actually touch on that because that's actually one of my things through the coaching is uh, I do use some personality type testing stuff. So
0: go figure, right? Well, okay. Now I got to ask, what system do you like?
1: Um, well, there's a couple of different ones, but an interesting one I used in my last work was, um, by the lady who did matchmaker.com. Okay. Um, and so she does personalities and that's how they match up people online. So we, we did it for work just because it was simple. Like some of those tests you take are, you know, four hours long yeah. and you do a disc assessment and then people don't want to do it. So this was just. It's a very easy, basic one, and it gives you information on yourself and how to work with others. Very cool. So um, it was odd at first when they first came to me and and sent me to this website. And I was like, "Mm, this is work. Like, why am I going to Mm -hmm. matchmaker.com? But it ended up being uh, really good for work because we were stuck as a team not being able to To progress and doing a new computer system, and so it it just helps all around.
0: Cool. I've always, I was actually, um, I looked into one time. A lot of the Fortune 500 companies even use things like Mm -hmm. Myers Briggs, DISC, whatever. I mean, this is these people use this for a reason, so it's kind of cool. And of course, you end up using that in your work. It's just funny that (laughs) I bring it up (laughs) and not trying to get into it, and always other FDs that are interested. I find in that. Um, Now, I'm sure these skills are really cool nowadays for you, because they are going to translate over so easily into like an FDN type of business, because I think what you're talking about is a lot of the things that people might be missing out on. Um, So I'm curious, though, because you're doing this, you have more people skills, like you said, than maybe the average accountant. And so that's probably leading to better and better results for you. So why, you know, switch this thing up? Like what's going on health wise? When did the symptoms start that make you start, you know, transitioning a little bit?
1: Um, I would say they really started um, mid 40s and I had three kids working full time and had all the brain fog, the tiredness and was told you're fine. We ran your test. I mean, the typical (laughs) lot of stories we hear on here is just Mm -hmm. you're fine. But um, I just knew I I wasn't fine. Mm -hmm. Like I would go to softball games for a whole weekend with other moms and you know, one of them's in the military and she's deployed. I'm like, she's the same. She's actually younger than me or older than me. She's doing it. Like that, that just wasn't an acceptable story for me. Got it. So that's where it started.
0: Okay. And I, I like that you mentioned that because... I think that is a story. Not only do people get told all the time, but they buy into right. There's this subjective kind of arbitrary number that oh well I'm 40 or well I'm 50 or well 60, so I should just be breaking down. And I think um, Reed Davis, the founder of FDN, is obviously one of the best testimonials to this because this guy is pushing 70. He might uh, be 70 now. I'm not. I might be missing that. I think he's late 60s though. And this guy ain't slowing down anytime soon. Like this is not a broken down body. This is a very physically active person. You would never know that he's that age. And this is what can happen when we take care of our health long-term. But of course, many of us we're not aware of this stuff, just like I wasn't. And so what happens is yeah, all of a sudden, 40, 50 years old, something goes down. And then you think that's just getting old. And I'm glad that you didn't buy into that. I think it's easier for people like me who were sick when they were younger, because you understand immediately this doesn't make sense, even if you don't know a damn thing about medicine or nutrition. But I think it's harder for people to understand this the older that we get. And um, I know that you weren't buying that, but that's it's still interesting to me because I feel like people. Was there any other influence, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, like with the natural health type of thing? Like, did you have anything else that solidified that belief that this didn't make sense and you shouldn't feel this way?
1: Um, It didn't for myself until one of my middle daughters had a lot of mental health issues. Hmm. And we went through, like I always had in the back of my mind that it wasn't right, but I didn't have an alternative. Like no one was telling me what the alternative was other (laughs) than, you know, reduce your stress and don't work as much. Um, so that wasn't working out, but my middle daughter started having some mental health issues and thankfully for her, she just refused to go on any kind of medication. And she was only started out at like 10, 12 years old. She just refused. Like she just wouldn't take any medication. So Mm -hmm. we're like, we had to do something. So that's Mm -hmm. when we started researching. Um, and then like you guys talk about a lot, the Western medicine definitely has a need. I mean, when she was 12, she had her appendix out. When she oh, wow. was 14, she had her gallbladder out. When she was 16, she had her tonsils out. And then I was like, whoa, like we don't have any more, not that they're not essential, but, you know, we're running out of organs to take out. There <laughs> yeah, have to be a Okay. And um, when we went to her pediatrician for her, um, actually after her tonsils, when she was about 17, she just has a lot of stomach issues. She just ha- had a lot of issues. She sent us to take a scan for her gallbladder. And I was like, do you read the charts that, that we fill out every time we come in here? Mm-hmm. Like, She doesn't have a gallbladder. And we literally just left. I was like, I, c- I can't do this. I would rather spend my money. And that's when I started researching and found FDN. I, was like, I would rather spend my money on figuring out my own stuff mm-hmm. I mean, than waste money on, on that kind of stuff. Got it. She absolutely needed her appendix and gallbladder at the time. But even after that, they never gave us any. Like when she had her gallbladder out at 12... They didn't tell us to put her on any enzymes to check, you know, acid until like we went to a chiropractor for something else. And she was asked if we were on enzymes and like, no, no one ever told us we were supposed to be on enzymes. And so that's what started the path is when like, she just got on enzymes and started helping. And we just kind of snowballed from there.
0: Okay. The first time I actually learned about the gallbladder thing and the need for, you know, the biles and stuff like that afterwards uh, was through FDN. And so, yeah, for those that don't know the simple and short today, just so there's context is that, yeah, if your gallbladder gets removed, I mean, you're going to have pretty significant issues with fat absorption and stuff. You need to Supplement that, like absolutely clear as day. Need to supplement that, but Western medicine never talks about it. And I've had family members too; they've got their gallbladder removed, and you know nothing ever happens. And I, it's I, I like, well, I don't like the story because I hate that this happened to you and your daughter, right? But I also acknowledge that moms really are on the front line of this work. And I've said this before Mm -hmm. on here, there is nothing more unstoppable than a mom with a sick kid. Like They are the ones that are the top practitioners. They're the best researchers, that's for sure. Uh, They're just motivated like no other person. It's literally crazy. And I've met moms that are super sick. Like These people can barely get out of bed and yet they'll spend 12 hours researching because uh, their kid's sick. So I think the mobs are going to be the ones that end up saving the world here. And I'm glad that you ended up having that awareness that Okay, like the appendix is one thing, right? Because we hear about this all the time. We It doesn't seem, at least right now, that there's too many side effects from, or unintended consequences would be a better word, from removing oh it. But when we're talking the gallbladder and all these other things, then you, you got to start and wonder, okay... If this was happening in the quote unquote wild, my child would be dead all these different times, right? So something must be going on here because I doubt that that would have actually happened or was supposed to happen in practice. So what was the first things that you guys got into like in terms of actually implementing something because you're doing a lot of research, you're understanding stuff's not making sense. What were the first things you implemented?
1: Um, We really started out with some essential oils (laughs) and then we started out with some supplements from our chiropractor on um, probiotics and the enzymes. And then I got into FDN. And so then we started looking at the testing and going further because the um, chiropractor we went to had a lot of knowledge, but didn't do the testing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's another place that people get frustrated without the testing that we do is uh, sometimes it's kind of a crapshoot, like our symptoms can mean 15 things. So it's it really saves time and money in the long run to just do the testing and pinpoint where things are coming from. Yeah. And so we started down that path of testing, more supplements. Um, she's actually a health trainer now, so she's she's my exercise piece of dress <laughs> <laughs> that I can refer to for, for people to. Um, so that's how we really got into it.
0: Cool. were you going to um the chiropractor before this or was chiropractic medicine something new for you guys like the family i guess i should say when this is going on
1: yeah we actually had gone before but we had moved and just hadn't established one mm-hmm. um we had one when she was a little bit when she was around the 10 age that told us um that she had trouble with breaking down sugar and red dye mm-hmm. because he had to keep adjusting her stomach and we're like how do you know that? Like, you didn't test. But when she removed that stuff, that also helped a lot. <laughs> so that was kind of always in the back of our mind, like, that helped. So we, we kept down the chiropractor path, but we knew there was also. We just knew there was more that we could do.
0: Cool. Chiropractors are, I find that this happens a lot of the time, right? They can be a great bridge into this. And I know some chiropractors that do phenomenal work and do tests, but this is typically how it goes. You know, they have a lot more knowledge than the average person. Certainly they can help with some like base level stuff. But if we're trying to get really deep, Um, that's not usually their profession. And most of them don't pretend that it's their profession. You know, they're there to help assist with the basic stuff, but the labs are definitely the next level. And so how did you even hear about FDN? Because if I'm getting the story right, it sounds like this was a compared to some people that you've heard on this podcast, because you're a listener, it sounds like that was a pretty fast transition. This didn't take necessarily five, six years, right?
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, just really in researching, um, and coming across articles and on Facebook, um, I came across, um, probably on Facebook, honestly, is where I came across the most and just called for like a, you know, consultation of like, is this the right course for you and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got Stephanie, which I don't know that she's still with the program, but it's, it's been several years and she, she just talked through the whole thing. And, and we just, it was, it just seemed like a really good fit. And cool. so that's when I was like. Uh, again, I would rather spend my medicine. At least I feel like I'm in control for one. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, I have enough education to go to when I go to the doctor to say, no, this, this isn't right.
0: Yeah. Because one has to wonder if you were going to a doctor that was not even aware that your daughter's gallbladder had been removed, yeah. <laughs> whatever mistakes are made? And this is, again, I always have to say this. I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, but in case someone's listening for the first time, guys, it's not a condemnation of Western medicine. It's What society has done is put that system on a pedestal as if it's perfect. It cannot be wrong. Yes, these people are highly educated. They're some of the smartest individuals in the world. It's still ran by humans. FDN is still ran by humans. We make mistakes. They are going to make mistakes. It's the third leading cause of death, if I'm not mistaken, every single year is these types of issues that we have with Western medicine. So yes, use it. It's a good thing. But it is great to be educated as well and the people that never do that in any capacity yeah you're you're going if you were in that system long enough there's going to be a mistake made virtually guaranteed mm-hmm. what's cool for you then is you're going through fdn relative i feel like again people take so long to find it unfortunately that they're kind of mm-hmm. on the up and up by the time they get here and maybe the course itself is Great for the knowledge, but you know they get like minor benefits when they go through the course itself but then others like you, this is a good percentage of people, not the majority but a good percentage they're still not feeling so great when they go through. so what did you find on the lab tests that we supply with people in the course like was there a lot of healing opportunities on there for you?
1: Um, there was several um a lot of it was my cortisol and stuff so it was really high in the morning but I had to peel myself out of bed and I was <laughs> You know, um, when I first took the test, she's like, Hey, do you jump out of bed and you're ready to go? Cause your cortisol is really high in the morning. I'm like, no, <laughs> negative. So, um, by putting on some supplements, so reducing stress, um, adrenal, um, support and thyroid support, even though I was told I didn't need any thyroid support. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably the two biggest things that have got me through a layer and I'm working on the next layer. So, um. There, there's always layers. Cool. The other big thing for me is I did a hair, hair analysis mm-hmm. and uh, some of that information was really good to su- support trace minerals and things and kind of get those up to speed. Um, again, it's it's just a layer and I'm getting ready to work on the next layer.
0: So. Very cool. And for those listening, so the HTMA test, it's not included in the main course, but it's one of the literally like 65, 70 labs that we get access to upon graduating. And these things are great. I mean, they're nice additional like course correctors. I've just used one for the first time recently, believe it or not, after five years, it was the first time I used it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there slapping myself and I'm thinking, wow, I don't know why I hadn't used this before because it's very cheap, very cost effective compared to most tests. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that it's notable like you really do feel it and then i think i think this test became more useful with the invention if you'll call it that of Vicon customs right this so this is a person guys from fdn that actually Use this test that's been around for decades, and makes these customized formulas for people so that they don't have to take twenty supplements. Because that was the issue with HTMA historically, from my understanding, is that you could get some great results, but you got to buy twenty different things. I I have my uh, Vicon Customs literally right in the other room, and it's you know it's great for me because I do ketosis a lot, and so it's very high in the salt, very high in potassium. I can notice that feeling when I take that thing almost every single time, especially if it's prior to exercise. So um, it's pretty cool. What what else is if anything, a part of this next layer for you? Because you said you went through a few years ago. Is that correct? For mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So yeah. unfortunately at that time, like myself, we were only including a couple of lab tests in the course. Nowadays, mm-hmm. you are I mean, you're getting like five tests when you go through the course. So um, what else did you end up adding on for the next layer?
1: Um, well, I'm getting ready to add on another GI test and mm-hmm. OAT test. Um, I think my next level is more gut healing, um, but what also includes taking the bad stuff out. So, um, and not everything shows up on the GI map. And so I think, um, looking at parasites is a really big deal. Um, mm-hmm. I live on a farm I grew up out in the country. I'm pretty sure there's, there's some hiding in there. So I think that's my next layer.
0: Okay. My, um, my friend and business partner, he's uh he's a dog trainer and he had some weird symptoms going on and he shares this publicly. So that's why I'm saying it. And we ran mm-hmm. a GI map on him and I, I got Dustin, uh, for the mentor thing. And there was a parasite on there, Shauna, that I had never seen before. And he said, this is so funny that you bring this to me because what is his career? I'm like, he's a dog trainer. He trains dogs and he loves these things. I mean, he lets strangers dogs like lick his face and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, like knowing what we know now, just never, please guys, don't do that. And sure enough, he had a parasite that the only other time Dustin had seen that. Was with another dog trainer, and it's something that's typically spread um, through animals, uh, specifically dogs. And I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, and who would ever even think to look at that, let alone make the connection? Because I could find it, but I didn't know that. There was no research on this. And so this is anecdotal to a degree, but Dustin said the only other time I've seen this with what? He's probably looked at hundreds, if not thousands of GI maps this is the only time he's seen it as in another dog trainer. So that's why we got to, I usually have my shirt test. Don't guess. Um, That's why we have to test and not guess because how could someone possibly predict that that's what's going on that specifically in their body. Right. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: And a lot of people don't believe it. Um, But you know, all the animals we have, we worm all of them. We have horses, we have dogs, we have cats, we worm them all, you know, quarterly. So it's once you learn about it, then you're like, yeah, it makes total sense. Like,
0: Why wouldn't we do the same thing? <laughs> yeah, people in, um, I mean, the more tribal parts of South and Central America still, if you go down there, a lot of them have these practices yearly, if not multiple times a year, where they take extremely spicy foods and like peppers and stuff. And they will do this because it's actually, it, I mean, in theory, can clear out some of these parasites and other bacteria. So it's just fascinating that they even recognize that there would be a need for that without Any labs, any science. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, kind of strange what humans can do. So what are you up to now? Because have you been practicing for the last few years or or where are you at with the business side? Because I know it's something you're obviously pursuing if you're in Thrive. Hey there folks, it is Detective Ev popping in here really quick. Maybe you're listening to this episode thinking, hmm, um, this Shauna person, she has come from a completely different background. She was doing accounting and IT stuff for over 30 years. She has a family. And yet she still was able to make The change is necessary to go through FDN, start taking clients, earning an income with it, and now she's pursuing this. Maybe then, just maybe, I could do the same thing. And if you're thinking that way, I believe you are absolutely correct and you could do this. (laughs) Now, this is assuming you actually want to, right? Maybe you're just listening to this podcast for educational reasons. And if that's the case, that's perfectly fine. But if you're listening to this, thinking sometimes or wondering, oh man, I wish I could do that. There is literally no way you can't. It's a self-paced course. We have people that have been well over 70 years old that have gone through the FDN system. I got to find these people and get them interviewed because I know that there are people who are over 70 that have gone through the FDN course. So there is no excuse. You can absolutely get it done. And before you make a commitment like that though, we understand this is a big thing. It's a large financial commitment. It's a large time commitment. It's A big life commitment, I suppose, because you're basically committing to this idea of changing careers. That's at least the reason that a lot of people go through FDN. You don't have to go through it for that reason by any means. Uh, But a a lot of people do that. And so if you're going to do all those things, then we would like to offer you something. We think you should have the right then to be able to actually get to know about the course before you go through it and make those commitments. And that's why with no credit card required, we don't charge a randomly and automatically after some trial. It's nothing like that. No sleazy tactics. We let you try the course for free. You go to FDN training.com try FDN that's FDN training.com try FDN. And you can try the first part of the course completely free. Again, no credit card requires uh, required, no sleazy stuff. We're not here to do that. We know that there are people out there that want to take FDN. We just got to show them that this is for them. <laughs> so everyone wins in this situation. FDNtraining.com slash try FDN to try the course completely for free. All right. I know that one was long-winded. I apologize. Back to the episode.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I really started out just for my own family because there's a lot of anxiety, mental health. I had teenagers at the time I was going through it. And, you know, they would come home and be like, my friends, you know, went to the doctor and they got put on another medication. Like, mm-hmm. does that sound right? And so it's kind of evolved and I'm still working full time right now in accounting. but I'm starting to transition and um, really work with moms who are discouraged and being told that it's, you know, that it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's not. And we just have to be able to educate them. If I do nothing else than but educate a mom for herself or her kids, and that can even go to a doctor. Like if you don't even want to coach with me, but you wanted to go to the doctor and you're more empowered mm-hmm. by knowing nobody knows your body. You're the only one that knows it. Like no matter what they tell you, no matter what I tell you, right. you're right. the only one that knows.
0: Yeah. yeah. I find your kids right. very impressive that they have this awareness. I mean, did that, especially with the younger one um, that had the appendix removed and stuff, that sounds... Mm when she was younger, excuse me. That sounded like that was kind of on her own accord about the just knowing that medication might not be the best route for her. That doesn't even sound like it was imposed by you guys. Like, is that just how she thinks? Like, yeah, where does she get that from?
1: Yeah. I don't know where it came from, (laughs) but it started our journey because, you know, I was just like, please, just please take the medication, you know, (laughs) when, when you're in a state with a child with mental health, um, because you want to, you can't work on it sometimes until you get past a certain point, but she just, for whatever reason, just you know refused to do it, and it's opened up a lot of a lot of eyes and she works with a lot of her friends um, she has older sisters, younger sisters, and they just all kind of we've all kind of evolved you know like uh, they'll hear me, I talk about when I watch a webinar, or when I you know watch a podcast, I'll talk about it. And I think it's just evolved for them to like, that's what they go to now. Okay. so
0: Very cool. I like that. Well, I appreciate you mentioning from a mom's perspective that sometimes, especially with the mental health stuff, there's a place for medication because you surely know this at this point. I mean, I do work in the mental health space and I'm Uh as holistic, as functional as they come. And people, sometimes they they give me a little side eye, even in our, (laughs) not in our direct community, but like kind of like on the outskirts of our community. Because I believe, and I will say, that I do think if the option is between a kid who is suffering with depression, anxiety, or whatever, and no treatment at all versus like medication, I would bet my money on that medication every single time. Now, I don't think that's going to work 100% of the time. I'm saying, where am I gambling? Where am I betting the money? And people say, well, that didn't work for you. You know, look what happened. I'm like... Yeah, I have a cool story now, but you missed the parts where, like, I almost died using drugs and driving cars on substances and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, this is yes, I took personal responsibility for my life eventually, but they missed the thousand times I got lucky before that. If I was on a medication and hadn't, an, I mean, I was very resistant to it. And this one, my parents, I think, were right with this one because they didn't want me to take Xanax. I was like 15, Shauna, and I have an addictive mm-hmm. personality. That would have been. I ended up abusing that stuff two years later anyway. That would have been a nightmare for me at 15. Yeah. But the SSRI is like, yeah, maybe it would have been worth a try at a younger age and, and giving it an honest shot, seeing what happens after the three to four weeks just to calm things down. Or similarly, like I think this is what you were suggesting where it kind of gets you over that first hum. It yeah. gives you the motivation to actually implement the new habits that need to be implemented. Because if someone's done, man, I mean, they're 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 done. You can't get them to even take a pills or a, a capsule sometimes like a supplement because that's yeah. how resistant they are to treatment and stuff. So I I appreciate that perspective. I think that's neutral and that's where we need to be with this stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. And and sometimes they're, they're just, they're not in a state to listen to a holistic side (laughs) until they can get calmed down. Like you said. Yeah. Um, But when they, a lot of my friends uh, or my daughter's friends are not on one, but Mm -hmm. if one doesn't work, they give them another one. Mm -hmm. And like the, these guys are 15 to 17. Like their brains are still developing and you're throwing all this at them. Like what chance do they have to even think straight?
0: <laughs> yeah. And th- and that's the opposite extreme. So and I think this is what, that's what people envision when they hear me say, I'd rather them on medication. Like, well, you want that? I said, no, 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 no. I'm saying this is probably maybe only a slim chance but probably the best odds of this kid not dying so that would be a good because i'm thinking in the extremes i'm thinking suicidal ideations i'm thinking of substance mm-hmm. abuse to the point of overdosing yes i do believe that these things do a overall good job at uh, preventing those more often than not now there's obviously some evidence that shows when people get on these ssris that motivation that we talked about to actually like go start the lifestyle habits unfortunately there's evidence showing for those that don't know that suicide rates can go up slightly When people start SSRIs, and the theory behind that is actually because I know this sounds so weird to someone who has never dealt with the mental health stuff, but like you'll get this. The theory is because they actually get more motivation. And they're like, what do you mean? They didn't even have the motivation to take their own life. And it's like, depression's complicated. Yeah. I mean, I've been there myself, it's a pretty complicated thing. So, yes, I do believe that that's possible. And so, what we need, and if anyone from Western medicine is listening, and I hope that they are, we need that in between. Right. No one's arguing the no medication, but what you just described, Shauna, that's not okay either. The solution when the medication doesn't work is not stack on another one to a developing brain when we don't even fully understand the mechanism of most of these SSRIs, right? And we know that there's long-term side effects, especially with the benzodiazepines. You need to be asking, why does Shauna's daughter or whoever, why is this person, Evan, presenting with panic attacks when he came from a good home? And there's nothing real bad happening in his life. He's not getting bullied. He's not fighting with people at school. Why is he dealing with panic attacks? You know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. So, okay.
0: Yeah. You're getting me on my passionate thing. I don't want to make it, I want to throw it back to you. Sorry. But yeah, this is an important subject. So I'm actually glad that it took this route today. When you went through the course, what were some of your favorite parts of it? Because I think uh, this is an episode that it seems like FDN was a really pivotal thing for you because you weren't in this space for 10 years before it was kind of your transition and you're still here with us uh, three years later doing this stuff. So what were some of your favorite parts about the course? It doesn't have to be even stuff that helped your health directly. It could just be the mentorship Mm -hmm. or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think um, the course like being online was helpful for me because I was still working, but I had a long commute. Mm -hmm. So I was able to um, do a lot of it while I was commuting and, um, you know, still had all my kids at home at that time. So given us the ability to work that in as needed, like you didn't have to be uh Wednesday at six o'clock, you know, you had a clear your schedule every time. Um, but then the mentorship was really good. I had a, a great mentor and it, it just really helped open my eyes to what we don't have education in yep. as, um, even young adults or whatever. So, I like that. Um, and after the course even more, I like the AFDMP. Mm-hmm. Um, we have such a great community that the times I feel like a imposter and like I'm from accounting. What do I know about health? Mm-hmm. I can go to that page. I always tell people it's not what I know all the time. It's who I know. <laughs> like I can go get any answer. I can help you or I can get myself in the right direction if I haven't dealt with that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one a really great thing I like about it.
0: I th- I mean this seriously. I think that is because I've tried to verbalize it for a while. I think what you just said about it's not always what you know, it's who you know, is the best way I've heard AFDNP described. Because I have said this on this podcast, I would pay the cost of tuition of FDN just for the access to AFDNP. And I think people think, oh, it's overselling or he's hyping it up. But that's the thing. I could go there with anything. My parents could be sick as hell. My, my sister could, something could be happening to someone that I love. And if I can't figure that out, all of my money is going to be put onto those people. Someone in there, not only is going to be able to figure it out, but it's the fact that they care. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they're staffed mentors in AFDNP and yes, they are paid to help and they are looking at questions and stuff. But when do you ever post anything that's like hashtag mentors, right, to get their attention? Mm -hmm. That's not also commented on by the community, people that don't get a dime for helping you, but go out of their way to give an informed answer, cite something, give links, give references. So, yeah, it is who you know. And we're lucky to know some of the best in the world when it comes to this stuff. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And even being able to do the tests and have the medical director program, (laughs) because that's another thing that, um, that really solidified taking FDM for me coming from, like you said, a business background. And I was like, how, I don't wanna be a doctor. Like I don't have that kind of time. I don't wanna get the Western medicine, but the additional testing is I think really huge for mm-hmm. our community and being able to do that through the program, but having the mentors to help you through the testing. If, like you said, we have 65 tests, we don't know them all. <laughs> but- so if you get one you haven't done before, you have the backup and that someone's gonna help you with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think to the the person who hasn't even started the course yet, the medical director thing can be a little confusing. And I understand that because the question becomes, well, w- wait, we spend like 140, 160 hours, whatever it is, teaching these six tests, basically five labs and one additional test that's not a lab. But then I have access to all this other stuff. And I think this FDN, from my understanding, when Reed created this as the course itself, the course is designed as a one-stop shop. You could go in, as an accountant, someone that does not have a background in this stuff. And you can go from day one to the end. And yes, you could go out and actually start uh, a business with this. You might need some more support on the business side. And that's why we add that in. But if someone already had a business, let's say, and was not in the health space, no, you would know what to do. And you could make a living just off doing that. And you could really help people. That's amazing. But FDN doesn't limit you because if you want to be that continuous learner, if you want to be the person that's never going to stop, that's what the advanced courses are for. Because we got more of those than you know, you could ever do in a practical amount of time. Like most people have not done all of those. Then you have the access to the extra lab. So you can continue to learn for the rest of your life. And then you can, I don't want to use the word specialized because it's not correct in the literal sense, but you can niche down if you want to become someone that really focuses on the mineral imbalances. And you believe that there's a category of people that would greatly benefit from that. Okay, cool. Well, we have access to one of the best HTMA trainers in the world. Kendra Perry, um, we'll get you in her course and, mm-hmm. and start doing those things. And then even, um, Shauna, when I ran that HTML myself, I would never do this with a client, but for myself, I didn't really know anything about the test. I thought it was cool. From my understanding, I could go to the medical director program and basically get one giant supplement. My Vicon Customs and that would work for me. So I figured, okay, well, what can this hurt? I'll, I'll, I want to try something new. I'll give it a shot. And to be able to do that, not knowing anything about HTMA, getting that medical director console and Ryan Monahan, my God, I love that guy. You know, he just yeah. threw it down for me, explained all this stuff. And I'm like, so what does this really mean? He's like, well, At the end of the day, it means this, but if you didn't understand that, take this supplement and you're good to go. And it's rarely that simple in the world of FDN. We never want it to be that way. But once you graduate and you use those things responsibly, it can be, because I would never do that with a client, but it's fair to do it for yourself. So um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. And you mentioned like, I mean, you're getting into the organic acid testing and stuff. You said, have you ran that before or is this going to be your first time?
1: I have ran it before and I've done some work on it. So I'm um, eager to retest it.
0: Okay. What what would you, I'm just, because that never comes up on here. I'm fascinated. What did you find on there that maybe you didn't find on some of the other labs?
1: Um, probably the biggest thing was just not metabolizing some things, Hmm. um, which pointed me back to some gut health and doing some stuff like that. So, um, there wasn't a lot on there, but it was some, uh, you know, there's some different things on there that were interesting. Okay. Just another layer of it for me.
0: Cool. I want to uh, transition to FDN Thrive because I think this is a, a good time to talk about it. And sometimes we get so caught up in the stories that, you know, we never get to talk about like Thrive specifically. And I think this would be good to hear from like your perspective because we've had Joe Pate come on and that's, that's wonderful. I highly encourage people to listen to the episode, but of course. There's always going to be, I guess, a bias because Joe works with FDN. It's like me hyping up the oh. podcast. You know, it's like, I think this podcast is good, but I also host it. So <laughs> fair enough. Why did you join FDN Thrive and how would you even describe what that is to someone that doesn't know it? It doesn't have to be a perfect definition. I just want to know what it is in your eyes.
1: Yeah. For me, it was really a good transition because I had a lot of people start coming to me and I wanted to now take the step to tr- uh, do it for a business. <laughs> but again, Coming, you know, working with clients and stuff was still a little foreign. Um, you get a lot of foundation in FDN, but the actual business side of it and actually just working with clients is a little scary when you don't come from that background. And so that's really the reason I joined it when I talked to Joe about it, um, told her what I was wanting to do. And she was very much like, yep, we that's what we'll do. We'll do it. We'll we'll show you. We lay the groundwork, you know, get your websites your emails and all that stuff and but we also do talk a lot about working with the client and niching down and being good at what you know you don't have to do the same thing forever but you have to start with something that you can be passionate about and understand and evolve from there you can't solve world hunger starting off right and I think that's where that's kind of where I got to I'd have a lot of different people coming to me and I wanted to help everybody Mm -hmm. um so that that was a draw for me is to help you know, niche that down and and make a good message.
0: Yeah. And that's just the difference between like, um, how should I word this? Okay. There's a music store near me. I'm not a musician, but that's where I got this, the microphone stand and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so People, I think we, and I did this myself at one point, we limit ourselves because we think, oh, once I niche down, I can only work with those types of people. That That's not the point. The point is, if you try to speak to everyone, you actually end up speaking to no one in our very, very busy world. People are bombarded with advertisements online. And so I want to actually, I want to encourage everyone that's in business when you get yourself caught up in the next ad or you're about to buy something and you're kind of like, how the heck did this just happen? Go back and see how specific they got with their messaging to you Mm -hmm. and realize how that messaging would not relate to most people that you know, because it was for you. And that's what the niche point is. So I could still go to the music store and buy a stand. It's not like I'm not allowed in there. It's not like no one's allowed to work with you, but the point is you're able to attract clients in that way. And so that's why yes, you're allowed to help everyone. You should help everyone. We're, we're not treating anything specifically, but from a business perspective, it just makes sense that if I had a mental health background and a, you know, I had a lot of GI issues as well, I should probably choose one of those two things to talk about most because that's who, or cystic acne, my God, that would be a great one to talk about mm-hmm. because I can resonate with that versus someone like you who, as far as I know, has never had cancer, thank God. If you're talking about that, you, you might sound educated, but it'd be a little bit of a disconnect for someone who has dealt with those struggles, you know? Right. And so what is the niche for you? What did you end up like kind of choosing to focus down with?
1: Um, really, I'm looking at, again, a kind of twofold niche, but it's um, myself, a discouraged woman, you know, mid 40s, 50s, that just does not believe what they're being told and that they mm-hmm. believe there's more more for them from a health perspective. Mm-hmm. And then in doing that, you're educating the mom who gets to the kids and if I if I knew this stuff when I was twenty, like I give my daughter kudos. She's twenty one, and sh- through her journey, she's learned a lot of this. Yeah, um, if I would have known that stuff when I was twenty, I could have avoided a lot of heartache <laughs>
0: and a lot of health ache. <laughs> Does she? I mean, even at twenty one, is she maintaining a lot of the stuff that we, we uh-huh. talk about? Like, she lived. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's very. Um, she just knows <coughs> for her again for her mental health and for her best well being that's what she needs to do. Like if she doesn't go to the gym for three days, we're all like, Hey, you need to ride to the gym. Like, you know, you can tell that she's very routine oriented and it helps. And, um, and that is what we need. We need to educate people so that they do what's good for them and they keep doing it.
0: That's so cool. How is she doing that from the social perspective? Like, does she, is that, does that affect that part of her life?
1: Um, sometimes. Um, but she's really, she's transitioning to online training and she just keeps putting it out there, and she's very steadfast. And this is what worked for me. And, you know, that's, she's not going to compromise, I guess. That's, okay. that's the best thing.
0: Perfect. I like that. I mean, hey, I was doing this stuff at 21 as well. I guess, you know, if your story's severe yeah. enough, eventually, Feeling good outweighs the supposed pleasures that you're supposed to get. It sounds so funny now it as a 26-year-old, but it sounded very appealing as a 20, 21-year-old. So mm-hmm. like, oh, I go to college. I get to basically just hang out with my friends, and we watch Netflix, and we party all night, and I get to meet cool girls and stuff. You know, It sounds appealing at that age, and then you kind of just realize I, – I, I mean, yes, you would have made great connections, but you're kind of destroying your body for four years straight, if not more, depending on how long you go – And I'm going to guess that there would have been some regrettable relations with women at that time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm a pretty monogamous person. Like, I I actually value that. That's just who I am. It's not a religious thing for me. It's just that's who I am. And I think I would have compromised a lot of my values. And some people are not like that. And that's perfectly okay. If two consenting adults want to do their thing, that's fine. But I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people actually are compromising their values because they think that's what we're supposed to want at that age because that's what society tells us what the, uh, what we're supposed to want. And so I commend your daughter for just being able to go outside of that box and say, hey, you know, I'm actually not going to do that. I'm going to take care of my health. And it sounds like mm-hmm. she's having a lot of success with things. If you had to quantify it, Shauna, and we're not looking for perfection here. I'm just curious. How much better would you say you are percentage-wise from when you you know, went to that chiropractor for, for this type of stuff for the first time versus now like having gone through FDN.
1: Um, I would say a probably a good 80%. Nice. Um, there's a lot of layers other than the testing, you know, that we go through. There's, there's trauma effects on the body. There's all those layers that you get into, but you have to get through one layer before you can get to the next one. Mm-hmm. And you can't get discouraged that, uh, your family member or friend is doing something that worked and it didn't work for you. Hmm. Um, That's, I think that's been the hardest part of my journey is like I did the MRT test also and took out some things that I was eating very regularly, um, which really helped me like with the brain fog and even I'm 52. And even from my perspective, it's very hard to go out with the family or even go to a family dinner and be like, no, I, I don't want bread. Corn's not really good for me you know, this and that. And they're like, just one time. I'm like, I used to do it a lot and I would get a lot of setbacks and probably just in the last year I've, I've had more mental capacity to just, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to get up in the morning and have brain fog. And, and so I just started explaining to that. I was like, um, especially my husband when we go out to eat or whatever, he's like, can you, can you just have a beer and piece of pizza with us? I'm like, I sure can, but you're not going to like me tomorrow. So you
0: know,
1: <laughs> it's your choice. Um, and just helping to educate other people. Like it's very hard in social settings at any age. Mm -hmm. Um, so you just have to decide what you, if you want to feel better all the time or just some of the
0: time. Yeah. And that's where our stories become very powerful. There's actually a saying that goes facts, tell stories, sell. And when we're dealing with like family or whatever, very rarely, especially if they haven't dealt with the same things, uh, some of them at least. When you're telling the facts, you can list it off all day. It's not going to necessarily make sense. But when we use our stories, this can be a great way to connect with family because for me, thankfully, some of my thankfully, I say that in air quotes, some of my stuff was very outwardly obvious that I dealt with. I mean, I just I had a video man from about 6 years ago when I was just getting into FDN on Facebook where I was into natural health. So I was going to a naturopathic doctor and I was Documenting a lot of the stuff. I mean, Shauna, I look sick as hell. Like I'm, I'm just talking slow now. You can't shut me up. My (laughs) eyes are drooping. I'm super pale. Like not in a just normal Caucasian sense. Just like a, there's the colors just gone out of the skin. I mean, I didn't look good, and that became my story. So I'm the weird one at the family parties and the Thanksgivings and the Christmas and stuff. But they get to see. Okay, this is so obviously working. Like, why would we not want this Ev that, you know, goes and plays with the cousins and is the jungle gym? Because I'm the oldest cousin for, you know, four or five hours straight versus the one that was like literally sneaking drugs before he went to these events because he felt so sick all the time and was trying to cope with that. I would choose that version any day. And so would my family. And that's why we, we got to just tell them, Hey, this is how I felt. This is what happens when I do this. We can give them the facts all day. Sometimes it doesn't work, but just letting them know that, Hey, what, what do you want the best for me? Well, of course, of course, this is, this is what works. And I got to say, there's a huge market for someone that has a good entrepreneurial spirit to create a business where it's like a chain restaurant that for people like us, we could go to safely, you know, <laughs> like right. a big chain, the no gluten, none of the BS, just all the kind of good stuff. You get some good local ones, depending on where you live, but I've never seen a solid chain that does that yet. So someone's got a, a gold mine waiting there if they Definitely. jump on it at the right time. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, Big opportunity
0: for that. Yeah. All right, cool. So then uh, what's your biggest goal right now? I mean, is it, I, I know that you said that you want to do FDN as a business. Do you Would you love to just be doing this full time? And this is the only thing that you're doing. I'd love to know where you see yourself kind of in the future with FDN.
1: Yeah. Um, I do want to transition to doing it full time with a caveat of um, I also do equine therapy. Okay. So um, I've been doing that for a long time. And I just got back into it. kind of took a break with my kids doing all their sports and everything in school. And um, I'm at a barn now where we're doing equine assisted learning. And I was trying to figure out how how do I do the two together? And I sat down with their director and I just told her, you know, my goal is really, I love horses. I love working with them. Mm -hmm. They can do a lot for your mental health. And I also love, you know, health coaching. And she's like, well, why don't you just do them both here? And I was like, can I do that? Like, how does that work? (laughs) Um, But the equine assisted learning is very much um, teaching life skills. And so health is a life skill. Like, Mm I never made the connection. It's so easy. Um, and I, so I started working with several, we have a lot of, um, kids and teenagers come through that have the mental, the ADHDs Mm -hmm. and all those kind of stuff. And we can do a lot through the horses and talk about health at the same time. So, um, obviously I can't do that online with the horses. So I, I, I do want to do, you know, the coaching online. Um, but I do want to work that in also
0: this is interesting i must have been years since i stood near a horse like you see him from the road i live in a farmy area like that that's fine but it was just maybe like a month and a half ago with my girlfriend and my mentor he's like a mentor in a kind of a spiritual sense he's a cool guy and he has these horses and i stood next to them and i they are magnificent animals (laughs) and then you see those like fail videos online where people get kicked by these things and i was standing next to this i'm like you're lucky you're not dead in a fail video when this thing kicks you I mean, These are some big animals, but yeah. there's just it, – it's one of those things where when you look at them, you can kind of feel – I don't feel that connection with like a spider, right? But when you look at a horse or like when I've seen like gorillas um, in a zoo or something, it, there's a consciousness there. It's very weird. It's very interesting and you can kind of feel that there's something there. So like just because I don't think – maybe that's only been brought up once on this show and it was very briefly. Like what does that – look like then? Like if I'm, if I'm a client, I'm a 15 year old kid come in and I have ADHD mm-hmm. or whatever, like how does the horse get implemented into the other stuff? Like, what would that look like?
1: Well, a lot of time it's just teaching, um, energy and balance. So mm-hmm. we always have them, like when you come in, you need to assess your energy and your horse's energy, and then you need to try to match it up. And horses are very good at mir- mirroring back where you're at on a day-to-day basis. So if a kid comes in, there's all crazy and whatever, the horse is going to spook, hmm. run away. And you have that opportunity to say, look what, you know, look what the horse is doing. Now, if you're calm, they'll come up to you. And it's just like um, building that control into them and helping them with the horse. You know, sometimes you don't recognize it when people tell you, but when the horse shows you, hmm. it's, it's a really good visual.
0: Yeah. Wow. Are the kids receptive to this? Because I feel like this can go one of two ways. I feel like kids could actually be highly receptive to it in one sense. And then I could picture the rebellious teenager that totally wasn't me kind of fighting back against it. So are they open to the idea that like their mood is affecting this animal?
1: Yeah. The majority of them are once they see it, like I said, like parents can tell them all day long and I can tell them to a certain extent and they listen because I'm not the parent. But then when the horse shows them, um, I've had several teenagers that like at risk teenagers, And teaching respect to the animal and space and boundaries. There's, you know, there's so many things you can correlate. And they then have a um, a different perspective with the horse because it's like you wouldn't disrespect your horse. You wouldn't walk up and slap your horse. Mm -hmm. Why would you do it? You know, in the real world, like this Mm -hmm. is it it helps translate a lot. So
0: yeah, that this is so cool. I, I really. That wouldn't have been something that I would have been open to even six years ago, like getting into natural medicine. I was very lab focused and just the stuff I could see, the data right away. But I find mm-hmm. like this stuff really cool. And I, I think this has a lot of validity because you have that connection that I described there. Like There's this obvious connection, but you take away the verbal necessity. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is... I think a lot of kids, I know for myself, especially if we're talking about ones with mental health issues, you have a lot going through your head. There's a lot of stuff going on emotionally, and it can be very hard to express that verbally to a family member, a friend, or a counselor. And I feel like there's a therapeutic aspect here where you have this connection and you got to keep yourself in a better place. You got to manage those emotions, but I also don't have to say that. I don't have Mm -hmm. to sit and say I'm angry today or sad necessarily, right? I could go through that emotion and process that with this animal. That's a really... It's a cool line of work and I'm I'm glad that you're offering that. And that leads me to my next question then. So where can people find you? Because that sounds like, I mean, it has to be in person. So I'm sure right. you're using coaching online. I, I know that it's in person, obviously it's a horse. What I meant right. by that mm-hmm. is you probably are offering coaching online as well, right? Like, could I work with you from Pennsylvania?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Right now I just, um, I'm working on my website. So when I get that done, I'll get it to you for the show notes. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is just Shauna O coaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's really where I'm at right now. I'm starting to work online. And then if we get local people, we'll go from there. So, okay.
0: Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't know if we wanted to shout that out. That's kind there's, of cool.
1: There's, there's a, um, it's a little new, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do that combination. But I think once we get clients and even if it's in their area, like it doesn't have to be with me, but, um, I don't know the whole dress protocol can be wrapped into
0: it in different <laughs> aspects. So sure. Just yeah. fun. If nothing else, <laughs> Yes, uh, we right. need kids back outside. I think just standing outside instead of being locked in on the computer is probably, you know, therapeutic in and of itself. I, I would, well, it is, it definitely is. That's All right, right. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I am, this is cool. I love people that just come on and, they're just—they're like me. They're just everyday people, right? Just working jobs, like doing stuff. And then we had these experiences that happened, and we went and we turned it around. And now we're choosing to help other people with it. I'm so glad that your daughter got back on track, especially at a young age. Because again, I, from personal experience, thank God I've never had an organ removed yet. But <laughs> I shouldn't say yet. I'm going to say ever. <laughs> you know, let's <laughs> let's put that out there to the universe. <laughs> um, I know what that can be like. That's very. It can be socially isolating. It can be tough. But there's another side of this where if you start actually focusing on your health and doing these things at a young age it, it she sounds just like me with the routine thing you know you end up becoming a routine person a goal setting person because you've achieved this stuff with your health and it seems to transition over into other parts of life or translate over into other parts of life so i'm glad you guys are doing well um obviously we will have that in the show notes i don't know when the website's going to be done but just, I mean, I'm saying this live, but it'll be a few weeks before this is out anyway. So hopefully it will be out by then and we'll update it accordingly once it is. Now, right. with that said, um, you already know the final question I'm going to ask you today.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the question is this, if I could give Shauna a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's actually do one thing or stop doing one thing, what is the one thing Shauna would get them to do?
1: Um. Even knowing the question, it's a hard question to answer, <laughs> um, but I think I would say to trust your body and your instincts. Your, that gut instinct is something. If somebody tells you something or you read an article and it doesn't resonate with you and everybody's doing whatever, keto or whatever, and it doesn't fit for you, then just trust what your body's telling you when you do something.
0: All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Shauna O'Neill. Shauna, thank you so much for coming on and just being a real person with us. We love that kind of stuff. I love bringing on people like myself who don't, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, don't have 100,000 subscribers or followers or nothing like that. We're real people who are doing this as work. And yes, it takes some learning for some people to figure out how to do this as a, a business and a career. But it is possible when you put in the work And give it enough time. So thank you for being an example of that. And thank you for what you did for your daughter. Thanks for being a leader. I think we need a lot more people uh, like that. Leading the way for others out there. Who don't have the ability to fight for themselves at such a young age. So yes that could be for your kid. But it could be for students. It could be for People in your local community, it could be for nephews or nieces, there's a lot more people than just your kids that can be positively impacted by you acting like a leader. So, Shauna, we commend you, and thank you again for coming on. If you like the information that we are sharing, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you would do that, I would love you even more than I already do. And I will be back very soon with yet another interview. We got a pretty cool one coming up. And then we have, I'm going to leave that one secret. And then after that, we have one with a very good friend of mine. He is an extremely successful uh, physical therapist that does work online and thinks very functionally. So you'll love his story. It's a super high energy podcast since we are great friends and have a lot of rapport together. So look forward to that in the upcoming episodes. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. But until then, take care.